Lisa and I welcome Sierra Sill to our podcast. Got a grumpy old man in your life? Change that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> Sierra Sill Natural Mineral Joint Pain Relief with a money back guarantee at Shoppers, London Drugs, and the best health food stores. Head over to sierrasill.com, S I E R R A S I L.com. Use your code GF and get 10% off your purchase. Well, hello there. I'm Erin Davis. I'm Lisa Brandt, and this is Gracefully and Frankly, episode 22. What was I reading the other day? And I think you saw something similar that most podcasts stop before they even get to double digits. Now, should we have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently most stop by episode four. What? Because it takes effort. And if they haven't made a million dollars in that time, they just want to quit. Wow. We don't do it for money. We do it for love. So there you go. We do. And before we even get into this loaded podcast today, oh my gosh, last week was taken off, this week it's put it on. (laughs) We just want to thank Envy Pillow for making sure that you don't have to pay to listen to us. And it doesn't mean it's not a value, but all you do is just go to envypillow.com, learn more about them. And we tell you a little bit about them right off the top, too. The other day I was shopping for clothing and I bought an outfit made of tinsel. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. Not tinsel. No, T-E-N-C-E-L. And it's environmentally responsible, of course. Okay. You would expect it to be if Envy Pillow uses it. And a biodegradable, all these great things. And they use these fibers in their pillow. And you can wear it. You can do all these other things. It's an amazing, environmentally sustainable wood-based fabric. And this outfit that I bought, apparently I can just wash and hang and it's going to just look perfect. I'll let you know. But it's wonderful that it's also in the pillow because they use an environmentally responsible production process. It's compostable, biodegradable, all these wonderful things that go along with the copper and the other natural latex and things that go into your Envy pillow. So it's just another reason to love Envy, along with, of course, supporting your neck and uh, keeping your face from getting all squished like I'm doing right now. Yeah. And recommended by dermatologists and other professionals and now with tinsel. Yay! I'm thinking as you're saying this, it can have every ingredient on the planet, but is it comfortable? And yes, it is. And there's a 90-day guarantee that if you don't love your Envy Pillow, send it back. They'll send it to a shelter and you will get your money back. So they have got you covered. And we have one heck of a podcast ahead for you today. We're talking about the no man's and no woman's zone that is compliments. You say it best when you say nothing at all. That song from Notting Hill. We're also going to talk about food that we can't find anymore, and maybe it's for the best. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is, and or maybe it'll bring back some memories of looking at the table when Grandma and your aunts came over, and everybody brought a little something for dinner, and some of it jiggled. Right, that's right. We're also going to talk about how angry I am about my memory, and we'll get to that right after I tell you I just remembered that if you use the code GF at EnvyPillow.com, you'll get 10% off on everything. Everything there. So there you go. My memory worked that time. Thanks for helping, Lisa. Yeah, I know. I did nothing. (laughs) Here we go. Wow. First day of June. That always used to hold such excitement because, of course, 
school was only a few more weeks and you had the whole summer lying ahead of you. And oh, how do you feel about June? I feel like I've talked about this before and written about that time vexes me. Time goes so fast. I've gone into the physiology of why we experience time faster as we get older, uh, mostly because we've done it before, done things before. But it just seems like I'm constantly asleep and waking up and going, what? It's what? <laughs> You know, it's just so weird. <laughs> and that's not even during COVID. I mean, COVID is still ongoing, but it's just yeah. life, you know, and you, you go on Facebook and suddenly your friend's baby is driving and, and time just, <laughs> just seems to just scoot so fast. And I just like it to slow down a bit. Yeah, honestly. And one of the things that you told me about that study about time that really stuck to me is that time does go more quickly as you get older because we have less of it left. I mean, we're getting closer to the finish line. I don't want to start the podcast today on that kind of a downer, but, and it's why we want to take in experiences and really do things instead of the day to day. But creating memories when you're losing yours, and I'm, I'm saying this half in jest because I, I know that Alzheimer's and dementia are such a real part of people's lives and their loved ones. Mm. My own dad, who this month will turn 90, we will go visit him and he won't remember, but we will remember, right? Yep. But the thing about the memory, I woke up this morning so mad at myself. I was sent an audition a couple of days ago. Uh, because you and I both have voice agents and people who try and get us work. And I woke up and saw an email from my agent for another audition. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. Because you see, I had remembered yesterday, which was so full, so full of so many things, that I had an audition and I had to do it by last night. So I said, hey, Google. Oops, I'm sorry if I made anybody's device go off there. But I said, hey, and I said her name. Half the time I'm calling her Siri. And so she's giving me some sort of a response about a song named Hey Siri. And I know she's being sarcastic. <laughs> but anyway, so I told Google to set an alarm for 9 p.m. And then I knew at 9 p.m. if I hadn't done the audition, then get my butt into the studio, do the audition. So what happens? The alarm goes off at 9 p.m. <laughs> and oh. I go, well, let's see. I've got this ready to go tomorrow. I, I've got the podcast with Lisa and that's all prepared. And I've done this and this. And I thought, oh, well, look at me. I didn't need that alarm after all. So you forgot what the alarm was for. Oh, I needed that alarm. And thought, hey, home run. I've already done them all. I don't need the alarm. no. Trust 3 p.m. Aaron to know that 9 p.m. Aaron is just going to be over it all. You know, it's like the uncle, what's his name? And it's a wonderful life. Two weeks in a row for that reference, who had the string tied around his finger to try and remember. Right. So you need an alarm and a string. <laughs> and a smack upside the head. You're not the only one this is happening to by far. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I think, oh, and I'll just tell Derek that after these people leave or this thing happens or whatever. And then I'm just sitting there with a complete blank. Yep. No idea what it was. It seemed important. I have no idea. Yeah. Rob has this trick where he puts his wedding ring on his other hand so that when he looks down and goes, where's my wedding ring? He'll go, oh, yeah, that's why I did it. But I'd look at my hands right. and go, huh, not sure why I did that, but let's put it back on the other hand. So... <laughs> 
Honestly. Well, I've said before how I remember things sometimes when I'm walking around by going back to where I remembered the thing. Yes. And that works great. But if I haven't moved. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm in trouble. That's it. It's gone. Yeah. And it does happen to all of us. And I recognize that. But there are ways to remember things. I came up with a great way of remembering listeners' names when we would go on trips and there'd be a 100 people. And I would take the time to memorize their names and their faces from the photos we took of them when they came to get their boarding passes and stuff at the radio station. So I had a system there. Wow. But I put that aside with the other things that I no longer need when I left that job. But oh, there's got to be a better way. Maybe it's just straight up writing on my hand. I used to do that when I was on the air. I would write C, as in get carrots on the way home or something. And I'd look down and go, what is that? But I think I'm back to writing on my hand. We are this far in our technology. Okay, an audition could be an important thing because you could get a, a well-paying job and all those things could happen. But I don't see a big issue. I laugh it off most of the time. I mean, the stuff that I forget, because it is my goal to not be using the same brain power that I was using when I was working at a radio station. You know, I had a chat with Paul Cook, who was my work husband at 680 News not long ago. And, and I said, I don't think I could do it anymore. I don't have that. My brain isn't as limber and I'm okay with that. So if I forget stuff once in a while, that's what my phone is for. That's what I thought when I set the alarm with Google. You see, it just <laughs> doesn't work. It's funny how we will have topics that we want to discuss on this podcast. And then when it's over, we'll go, oh, we forgot to talk about this or we forgot to talk about that. But I always write it down and I've got that list of other things we want to get to at another time. And appearance. Appearance has been on our list for weeks and weeks and weeks. And in this case today, it's going to be, what do you say, if anything at all, about a person's appearance, if it's changed or if you like it or whatever. So mm. lead us into this. Ugh. I don't know where to go. Well, I put a story on our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page about a singer from the UK. Not familiar with her, but she's put on about 35 pounds and people have been criticizing her for it. And here she has polycystic ovarian syndrome. And the weight has come on because of that. This goes along with having this particular syndrome and how, you know, she's like, just don't talk about people's weight. Just don't say anything because it's hurtful. It's something she can't do anything about. And people are commenting on it negatively. And by the same token, a woman who listens to Gracefully and Frankly said, you know, people think it's okay to say to me, hey, why don't you have a sandwich? Because I'm so thin. Mm. People are thin for a variety of reasons that they can't control, including metabolism, cancer, other illnesses where they can't put weight on. So you have to be careful. And it just seems like a field of landmines if you're going to talk about somebody's body. It really does. And there are so many angles to this. And I would say in the case of this singer, I think of Adele and how when she lost a bunch of weight because she wanted to, people came after her. It's like, we loved you the way you were. How dare you leave our group? And that's what Oprah went through, right? Because she made a huge deal about losing all that weight. And whenever you do that publicly, then you become the target from here on in because you've said, okay, everybody, 
you can talk about my weight now because yeah. I am. I'm the one with the wheelbarrow full of lard or whatever that was. Yeah. And so for every pound or ounce that she gained back, now, mind you, she had already alienated a huge section of her audience who said, I love Oprah. She looks just like me. Mm. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably why it's safest not to really say anything. I, I don't want anybody saying anything about my body. You know, I've been on so many diets over the years that I used to just light up like a Christmas tree if somebody said, if you lost weight, which is what you, you know, it's great. It was wonderful. But then I would put weight back on and somebody would say something. Not many people, oh. but there would always be somebody going, wow, what did you eat or something? You know, some drunk cousin. Or somebody said that to me once at a head table. At a head table, I was emceeing an event and whoever was sitting next to me said, oh, are you sure you want that dessert? <gasps> and at the time, and I just laughed it off. But of course, <laughs> I've let it go. It's only been two decades, right? <laughs> yeah. But you never forget. You never forget. That, that was so inappropriate. I had a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend, who was just terrible for that, too. He would say, oh, yeah, you sure you want to pack that into your pie hole and stuff like that? Like, he would do that stuff like that all the time. And I wasn't even really overweight. It was just he wanted to needle me. Mm. And uh, that was he knew that was a soft spot, literally, yeah. uh, a way to get, get to me. That's terrible. Nobody should do that. Does this all come back to our parenting? And I don't want to go back to blaming mom. We're not here to bash mothers. Although that was what my mom said when she first found out that I was in therapy. She said, oh, it's just going to be a whole bunch of time talking about what your mother did wrong. My mom said the same thing. <laughs> That's why we love each other. We're so much alike. <laughs> and, you know, everything I did raising Lauren, I always said, don't worry, there's a reserve fund for your therapy because I knew. I mean, I would put the whole family on the cabbage soup diet. I would keep things in the fridge and none of them were whole fat because low fat was the big thing at that time. I honestly thought that Snackwell cookies were good for you. And everybody knows they are still garbage. They're garbage, garbage. It was margarine. It was never butter. Yeah. It was ridiculous things that I was doing with the best of intentions, but with the worst outcomes. You know, damn it. But that's the thing, Erin. You did it with the best of intentions. You did it with, you're a smart woman and you're being involved in topical radio. You're up on the latest things going on. You did the best you could with the information you had at the time. It's so easy to look back at a book, at a diet, at anything and say, well, that was ridiculous. But that's hindsight talking. Yeah. You did the best you could at the time. And, and, Lauren was a, a smart, healthy, wonderful young woman with a brilliant head in her shoulders and no harm, no harm was done to her, I don't think. And that's the thing we have to understand about our parents and their parents is that, you know, unless they were monsters, they did the best they could. So yeah, we ended up with some messed up ideas about food. My mom was one of those people who would take a paper towel to her pizza before she ate it. Oh. And she was just, if there was any fat on anything, it was an absolute horror. Oh. It wasn't just remove it. It was like, call the fire department. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it was just, yep. But she was trying to keep us from having hardened arteries and whatever else. And right. But I did damage her. You see, as soon as she got into her rebellious stage, which she never had, I mean, she was a wonderful, perfect kid. Only thing we fought about was food. 
And as soon as she entered her rebellious stage and started working at Starbucks at a young age, she would drink all the free drinks and her weight went up 30, 40 pounds. And it was her big F you to me because she knew that that was my thing. She and her boyfriend at the time would only eat at McDonald's. She went completely the opposite. And I realize now what a terrible mistake I made making what I called garbage food the forbidden fruit. What are your parents most against? Well, I'm going for it. And it wasn't drugs and it wasn't alcohol. It wasn't promiscuity or whatever, whatever. It was, I'm going to eat this because it makes them crazy. So that's my fault. Well, that yeah, but Erin, she did that for a while. That was her rebellious phase. But You know, my rebellious face was going under the bridge in Smithville and smoking pot after my mom said it would give me brain damage. Oh, yeah, I'll show you. She may have been right, but some people might say. But um, what were we talking about? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. It didn't last for the rest of her life. All kids go through phases and all kids want to rebel. And it happened to be food. If you had been living somewhere else and been a not nice person. It could have been something so much worse. Yeah, You know, that was pretty harmless, don't you think? I just don't know. I know that when she died, um, next to her couch with all notes and post-its and stuff was the latest Dr. Phil diet. And I have never, ever said that once um, because... She wasn't starving her body. I know she would never, ever, ever, ever do that because her feeding column was the most important thing in her life. And it's what took her life. Right. Because of uh, the domperidone that she took. Please, if you know anyone nursing, get them to get their hearts checked first. But that was on me. This was my legacy to her. Now, let's get back to the original conversation here about complimenting people. I have a person in my life who I love dearly. And she won't let her mother mention her weight. She lost a significant amount of weight and she wouldn't tell her mother how much or how she did it or not compliment her when she hugged her and her body was thinner. She would have none of it. And she's a very Mm. smart, straight arm kind of gal. She's very, very smart. And then I found out from someone else who's very dear to me that I'm not to compliment her if she looks nice, if she's done her makeup nicely, if she's wearing something that's pretty on her. Because when I say that to her, she hears that she looks dowdy or frumpy the rest of the time. And I'm just in this place of, oh, my God, everything I knew about being nice to people or saying something to make their day is wrong. What am I supposed to say to you if I don't know you, if I see you on the street and I see someone in a gorgeous dress or a pretty pair of earrings? Am I supposed to say, you have an incredible IQ? I don't know what to say. So am I just supposed to shut up? <laughs> you know, here's one of the things that, that came to mind when you were talking about not supposed to say if she, you know, she looks great or whatever, is how she responds to that is up to her. She can't control you. Well, maybe she can, but she shouldn't try because you should be able to behave however you want to. There was a woman, we went out for breakfast this morning and there was a woman coming out. She was wearing white pants and this beautiful black and red it had sort of had red flowers on it, this top, and she just looked amazing in it. She was really rocking it. And so we walked out around the same time as her, and I said, that top looks amazing on you. And I guess maybe because I it was the top I was talking about. 
And I didn't say that makes you look thin or that wasn't what I was thinking. Right. And she said, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I bought it from this boutique. Do you live in Alberta? And I said, no. And she said, well, uh, it's this boutique in Alberta. And she gave me the name and she goes, uh, I work at a really good job and make a lot of money so I can afford it. And she walked away. And I said to my husband, oh, do I look like I can't buy that top she's wearing or what? And he goes, I don't know what that was about. It was just a really weird thing to say. So anyway, it, it kind of cured me for the next little while of saying anything. But I'm like you. I want to give people that good moment if it's genuine. Yes. Everybody lights up when they get a compliment. And uh, and I just felt like it was appropriate. But it, it turned weird. I know. And I try to do that because I know if I'm having a really bad day, if somebody happens to say something about what I'm wearing or, or anything at all, it's just like, hey, you see me. Thank you. That's that's really kind. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I yeah. just I just don't know. It's it's kind of like the way I like to name check people when I see their name tags. Some people are dead set against it because they see it as condescension. I see it as I see you here as a human being, and I appreciate you for loading my groceries, Danielle. Mm -hmm. I just, mm -hmm. oh, man, I the, the longer I live, the more things I'm realizing, I don't know. It's not a matter of political correctness either. It's not like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. No. That's not true. Don't take that because that's too negative. No. Don't take away the sweetness that is the flower in the manure cake garden of life. <laughs> so someone said that the sweetest sound a person can hear is the sound of their own name. name. And I agree with you. Yep. I dropped my car off for service and the guy had a post-it note on his desk that I, guy I was dealing with. And it said, Mark is the best person ever. So I said, well, Mark, how's your day going so far? And he goes, oh, no, that's my that's my best friend. I'm Zach. But uh, but anyway, I, I had tried. And, um, it, it was to, the post-it was to remind him that his friend Mark was the best person ever. But Aaron, you just brought to mind the time you were in a liquor store and read someone's name tag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tried to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's one of my favorite stories of yours. Well, it may well have been told here already, but I saw it on her name tag and it was B-Y-I-D. And I went, oh, buy it. Is that Welsh? And she said, no, it means bring your ID. And it was just, <laughs> that's just how I fail. But, but not for lack <laughs> of trying. Oh, my God. So, Lisa, what are we to do? I want to say something kind to someone. This conversation that we had with the person who said she doesn't want compliments on her makeup or her clothes or, or her hair or anything like that. And, and I go, but but I'm, I'm recognizing that you put effort into making your eyes look so beautiful. And she said, yeah, but I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Yeah. Um, so here. Yeah. Because when <sighs> I'm doing it, I'm doing it for everybody. I'm not doing it for me. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Ah, shoot. Well, I think it's one of those cases where you just got to check yourself before you wreck yourself and uh, and not say anything to her. But I, I'm not going to stop mm. giving a genuine compliment when I think that it's not offensive. I haven't made a decision in my head about somebody that could be wrong saying, I think that top looks great on you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The fact that apparently the top costs $2.4 million and I'll never be able to afford it is something I can't do anything about. 
You know what? Instead of about you, what would the Stoics do? Uh, nice toga. No, the Stoics. If you turn this around, Lisa, I think she was justifying paying what she figures is too much for a top. Yeah, maybe. What if that was it? Like I care, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, but and people have a tough time taking compliments too. Oh. Just saying, oh, thank you. I love it yeah. too. Is really hard for people. Yeah, why does it have to mean something? Yeah. I see you and I'm so glad to see you. And this is you. I'm not talking about anybody else here. If I see you, I'll say, oh my God, it's so good to see you. You look amazing. And to me, I don't care if you're 40 pounds heavier than the last time or 40 pounds lighter. I will mention the 40 pounds lighter because you and I have such a weight thing between us. Right. Um, it's one of the things that weighs heavily on us because we know each other and we know how we work and we struggle and how it matters to us or not, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But okay. So my daughter-in-law has a through-the-fence neighbor and he says to her the other day, he said, is... uh." Is your mother-in-law okay? And she's like, on what level? How long do you have? But no, but 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 she says, uh, yeah. Why do you? Oh, because she's uh, she's lost a lot of weight. I, I was just wondering. She said, oh no, 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 that's keto. He, he said, but it was so fast. And she said, yeah, that's why people do keto. So he thought there were going to be changes in the neighborhood because they were moving into our house or something. But <laughs> I don't know. So that was kind of weird. I'd never thought of that. And that goes back to what we were talking about originally as we go full circle here. When you mention someone's weight, yeah. it could be something like, yeah, I'm not losing this because I wanted to. Okay. Right. I was. But it, there can be cases where somebody told someone in our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page, go there, comment after this podcast. We'd love it because it fuels us. That, uh, yeah, you should eat something. And she said, well, I'm sorry, but losing my son in a hit and run has kind of hurt my appetite. Yeah. So ooh, that kind of thing. Nobody knows. I think we just have to stay away from bodies and stick to clothes or something like that. You weren't safe with clothes, Lisa. You weren't safe with clothes. Hmm. That's true. But I, I think she just, she had her own issues. And I, I actually, I just thought it was funny. I didn't think it had anything. To, I just thought it was yeah. funny. It's like, oh, I make so much money, <laughs> whatever, you know. And then I said, uh, oh, are you like me? Are you self-employed? And you, uh, you think your boss is the best boss you've ever had? And uh, she said, no, absolutely not. And then she goes, oh, you kept it going. <laughs> Oh, God, you kept it going. I did, because I was just, I thought it was just so awkward the way she said that. And she even looked at me like, why did I say that? So, again, I was trying to make it better for her. Oh, oh, it takes me back to that kids in the hall that you and I watched together and those two guys dressed as women in the office who haven't seen each other in so long. And you'll remember their names because I can't. But the one goes... Oh, well, let's say Karen. Oh, Karen, you look like you lost so much weight and then put exactly the same amount back on again. <laughs> oh, God, I don't do it justice, but that floored us. I remember. Talking about foods and what we used to eat and what we don't eat and what your mom used to sop up with a paper towel and that sort of thing. There are foods now that people don't understand why our generation, boomers, I guess, ever liked them. Like putting fruit in jello. 
<laughs> you know, everybody's mom would use a bunt pan and make some sort of fruit yep. jello thing. And you'd get a little bit of jello and a little bit of fruit. And if you were lucky, maybe they'd throw some cool whip on it, which also people don't understand anymore. Right. And celery, that like an aspic salad or olives were in there or <laughs> God forbid, but cut up meat. Why? <laughs> Why? Because Jello was cheap. And they had the best publicity because they always had all these recipes and cookbooks that made everybody feel like they could be the queen of the kitchen just using Jello. Right. And everything had to be colorful, right? So if you brought something to a potluck or somebody's barbecue, you'd, you'd bring your orange bunt-shaped Jello thing and it would be like, ooh, look what Mary brought. And can't wait to dig into that. Blah. Yep. Is there anything in your family that you guys would eat that if you told other families about, they would have no idea what you were talking about or why your family liked it? In our case, my mom would buy chicken giblets or giblets, and it's not the livers, but it's gizzards and Ugh. bile ducts. <laughs> you can still find them for like $3 or something. It's just the stuff nobody eats. But she would um, dredge them in flour and spices, then deep fry them. And we would sit around. They would have cocktails or whatever. This was a special thing for our family in the living room with toothpicks and eat these crunchy, oh. chewy, mostly flavorless. But really, I have such fond memories of that. And how do you ever explain to people? I guess it's just proof that if you deep fry something, it's it's going to taste good. Fried chicken giblets. I have no idea why. Wow. Well, the only thing that we ever had that people turn their nose up at was ambrosia salad. Oh, sour cream, marshmallows, fruit, sometimes coconut. Oh, I love ambrosia. So do I. But the fact that it was served with the main meal and not a dessert is something that mm -hmm. baffles my husband and other people who, who had come over to to have dinner or whatever. Um, it would it was surprising to some people if it wasn't part of what their family made. But my Aunt Marg always made it. And after she died, one of us always made it and brought it because it was reminded us of her. So, yeah, we had a fruit salad. My mom would do this with a can of pineapple chunks and fruit cocktail and whipped cream and then mayonnaise. I always thought mayonnaise ruined it because it added that mm. tartness, but that was the whole idea, I guess. Fruit salad was always part of our feast dinners, yeah. and I always thought it was a dessert, too. A hangover Derek had from his, his parents' Depression-era upbringing is raisin pie. He loves raisin pie. It's his favorite thing, and we know nobody else on the planet who likes it. So I will bake him one, or if, if it's in season, the market down the way makes them and freezes them. But usually I bake it, and I have to freeze half of it because nobody will eat it. Is it like a butter tart? Yeah, it's like a giant butter tart. But it grosses some people out for some reason, all the raisins, and uh, they will not touch it. So he's he's quite happy with that. But he loves it. It's his fave. <laughs> he, he wants it for birthday and everything. So. And at the risk of grossing people out, there are a few restaurants here near our little town of Sydney, which has a, a more senior population, who still do fried liver. And my mom would do liver, not often, <sighs> thank God. But when she did, it was with bacon and onions and maple syrup. And I'm thinking, if you've got to cover that sucker up with that much flavor, can we maybe reconsider eating it? 
Sometime when we were kids, Aaron, something came out that said we should have liver once a week or every two weeks to build our bones or something because my mom just suddenly out of the blue started making it every week and she would smother it in this pineapple sauce again, trying to make it palatable. And it never was. It was horrible. And there must have been, they must have read the same magazine article or something. While she was boiling broccoli for two hours until it was limp mush, she was giving us liver. But again, she was doing the best she could. Yeah, boiling vegetables. That hopefully is a thing of the past for everybody, losing all those nutrients and stuff. Oh, the things we know about food that we didn't then and probably still don't know. We're still going to find out stuff that we're doing now, 10 years down the road that they're going, why are you crazy? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Hope we didn't put anybody off of their appetites or your appetite to give compliments. I think whatever you're saying to somebody about their outfit or their eyes or not their weight, stay away from their weight, but just say, yeah, you look great or not at all. You know, I have a great history of putting my foot in my mouth with strangers, but always with good intentions. And I like the taste of feet. So whatever, right? Well, you can share what you think of our comments and the podcast today. We just love to hear from you at our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page. Please, please, please do go on. And as we say, what you say fuels us, especially the compliments. No, just kidding. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for episode 22. And we'll see you back here next Thursday. I'm Erin Davis. I'm Lisa Brandt. Bye-bye. 